0: Today, I want you to be intentional, and I want you to turn to the seventh chapter of the book of Judges. And while you are turning there, I am glad to know that I've got one more week to talk to you about this great God we serve. There's a story in here that probably most of you have heard one, if not Many times in your life, or you've you've read it when you were uh, doing some Bible study or something, and it's about Gideon and the army of 300, I want to tell you that you needn't to be surprised or wonder if I've forgotten about this service today if you hear me bring this up again during the We've got four letters, three letters left of Revelation. If I don't bring this up again, because there is so many uh, prophetic similarities in the language in this seventh, 6th, 7th, and 8th chapter, rather, and what is happening and what's going to happen even through the Battle of Armageddon. There's a lot of pictures, a lot of hints God throws in right here I definitely can't even scratch the surface on that or I'll get lost and you'll be confused and we'll say, well, the praise and worship was good and, um, you know, it was good to see everybody, so I don't want to go there. I just will tell you that it it may be coming. I'm I'm going to read this to you and then we're just going to talk about it together. Nobody's in the room but us today and we're going to talk about this because I believe if you listen and you just dismiss everything that's going on in life and in the world and on the planet, you will leave here with a full cup. You want to leave here with a full cup today? I do. Bailey raised her hand before any of y'all did, and she's just a baby. I want to leave here with a full cup. And so, if you are at the seventh chapter, we're going to begin with verse one, and you can follow along on the screen as well. And we're going to try to show it to you as we read it together, okay? Okay? Then Jerubbabel that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose up early and encamped beside the well of Herod who are so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, unless Israel would claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. And what he was saying, there's way too many people for us to do this with right now, because uh, if we do, then they're going to completely forget about me, and they're going to pat themselves on the back, probably give a feast in their own name, And take all the credit. So we got to get rid of some of the people. And to upsize, sometimes God has to downsize, you know. So that's what he was telling them. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And listen to this. 22,000 of the people said, okay, we're gone and 10,000 remain. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many, so I want you to bring them down to the water, and I, now this is God talking, I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, This one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And and what he was saying is, all of those that... Lap like a dog in it with his hands, you're going to separate over here and the ones that get on their knees like a horse would in the water and just drink straight in the creek or the stream, you're going to put them to one side. And the number of those who lapped putting their hands to their mouth was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men... Listen to this, who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand, lest all, let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions or, uh, rituals is what the King James says, and their trumpets in their hands. So they had food and they had trumpets in their hands. And he sent all the rest of Israel away, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now, the camp of Midian was below in the valley. All right, let's look at this, and y'all have got to stay with me today, okay, because I know that there's a thief running loose in this room right now, and... What this thief is going to do is going to try his best to shake you up, get your mind on a million things, make you kind of wonder, could that really happen? All kinds of things. He might even make your pinky hurt and it's never hurt before. So what I want you to do is to know that before we do anything else because he's a thief, he steals, he kills, and he's destroyed. And he doesn't wait till you get outside of church to do that. He does a lot of that right inside of the sanctuary every week all over the world. So there was 32,000 people. You've got to listen to the numbers today, too. 32,000. Are you all listening to me? All right. 32,000 people. And there, that was, That's not a lot of people when you're talking about tens, hundreds of thousands, in some case, millions of people. Certain battles, and the Lord never, ever, ever in the whole Bible gave it a second thought how many enemies were against His people. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? God knows that. 32,000 people were there. Too many, God says. So He said, All of the scaredy cats, go home. 20,000 of them said, Okay, see y'all. And they went, 20,000. He said, there's still way too many. 10,000 people, you know there's going to be a joker in there going to take credit for this. So we, I'm going to do this for you so you won't have to be guilty of, you know, showing favoritism, picking and choosing. So they did it. what we just read. They went down to the river, and there was 300 of them that drank a certain kind of way. And 9,700 drank the other way so 9700 people were game for the battle but they just were not at the same place did you hear that did y'all hear what i just said there was 10,000 people that were willing to go to battle but out of 10,000 there was only 300 people that really really was ready for war and i'll just jump for a minute and tell you that probably as 9,700, and Carson, you may have to get me, brother, 9,700 probably got on their hands and knees and was just licking like a, a horse would lick, lapping up. But there was 300 of them that understood, wait a minute, we're about to go to battle. We don't have time to have a, a spa mentality. This is not like Uh, a little boy scout drill we are about to go to battle to fight for our people for our name for our lineage for our seed to continue so we we just got to get it and go and so they probably more than likely got on one knee while they could watch their back see if you watch your back the enemy's chances are very minimal so they had just enough time one knee so they could get up quick down get them a scoop of water and keep going, 300 out of 10,000. Now, the 9,700 were were willing, but the 9,700 automatically showed the captain and the general a major weakness, and that major weakness was all of you but 300 have made us vulnerable because you care more about your need than watching your back. If they kill you, they're going to kill all of them meaning the husbands that went back, the wives and the children. Y'all still with me, amen? So, automatically, the warrior-minded men, the warrior-minded men understood, hey, we're about battle here. They didn't know that they were about to be separated. They didn't know that they were really Navy SEAL qualifying or Ranger or anything else or special forces, they just knew that he was a follower of God, he was a servant of God, and God was going to give the people to their hands. And so they had to do what they were going to do for God very quick. It goes right back to something I've been sharing with you all along. That's about the ten virgins. Ten of them were ready for the wedding. But you know how many? Five out of all of them slept. But only five of them had their lamps trimmed, full of oil and they were ready listening for the call there's a lot of similarities here that does not apply everywhere else I know that Scotland County I can say this but just next door in Richmond County it would not apply so I'm going to use it to our advantage today we have roughly 32,000 people in Scotland County ish maybe a thousand more a thousand but somewhere around there and I just believe, spiritually speaking, I, I just believe with all of my heart that on a spiritual level, there might be about 300 warriors in our whole county. I didn't say Christians, did I? I said warriors. I said people trimming their lamps. I said people that pray all the time. I said people that you don't have to beg to pay their tithes or go to church or read their Bible or be Jesus in the middle of a storm. I said about 300 People like that and I say that because and I don't even know if that would be correct I may just be overindulging today or wishful thinking whatever you want to call it but I believe with all of my heart if you had 300 people on fire for God in Scotland County all hell would break loose in people's lives I really believe that if we had 300 people and you see It's not that God was wanting to show favoritism, but he knew how many warriors he had. And in this scripture, even though it's quoted in the New Testament, we see it all throughout the Word of God, and we see it today. And that is that, yes, indeed, the gate has always been straight. The way has always been there. And there's only always been just a few that enters therein. You had a whole army for 40 days up against Goliath, but the whole army was scared and couldn't do nothing, so you had one little old teenager. Straight, narrow, few. You see this. You see Daniel in the lion's den with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. You got all these other people. You see Elijah on Mount Carmel and the 800 plus prophets of Baal. You got a lot of people and I've been using this for a few weeks so it's all right to use it again this week. Got a lot of people that came out for lunch. It was on Jesus that time. You know, the bread and the fish. Lots of people came out but only 12 followed him and only 120 did what he said and went to the upper room. Straight is the gate never is the way and there's only always been a few that finds the way so is god a god of favoritism no he's not but god knows there's only a few people that really have their mind and their heart set on going home right now there are a ton of christians that's got their minds on the economy on the coronavirus on Joe Biden, on Donald Trump, on Kamala Kahala, whatever her name is, Harris, on Mike Pence, on the uh, Supreme Court, on uh, what's going to happen next. There's a lot of Christians that have. But only a few people wake up with the King of Glory in their mind every morning, and they get up and they sing to Jesus in spite of every ache every pain, every debt, and every death. Only a few people, church. Only a few. And we have so many instances here. So, all these people were going home, all 9,700 of them. And this is the way it looks right now in my day and in your day. A lot of people have this mentality. I've got plenty of time. Let me just get down here on all Take our time. Why are y'all worried about going to church? We can watch it online. Why are you worried about paying your tithes? The church can't have as many bills uh, because everybody's not going. I don't think our mortgage has changed in uh, seven months. Uh, has your house payment dropped in seven months? Uh, okay. So, why why are you praying? I mean, looks like y'all doing good. You got food. You got money in the bank. You just upgraded your car. Why are you... Why, see... We got time. The Lord's not coming back. I've heard that all my life. Listen, God understands. God knows what's going on. God sees how hard you try and all that. Let me tell you something. This is what God sees. God sees... 2,000 years ago that he sent his son that didn't have to leave heaven but he loved me and he loved you enough to send his son to be beaten to be whipped, to be pierced to bleed out every ounce of blood in his body and to be mocked, have skin ripped away from the cage of his ribs and and, and everybody else walk away from him. That's what he understands. That's what he sees and when you and I don't treat that like that should be the center of my life that should be what i eat and breathe and drink every day then god sees that my friend he doesn't see all this uh carnal mindedness well i've got plenty of time let me just get down here hey at least i showed up you ought to be thankful for that see we have that kind of mentality that's not what god's coming back for i say it all the time about three minutes after the rapture occurs the people that almost were ready I didn't say the people that thought they were Christians. I said the people that were almost ready are going to say, now, what happened? And you're going to blow up my phone? You're going to blow up somebody else's phone? And you're going to try to figure this out. I, I, I really hope, I'm saying you, but I'm just talking in general. I hope this does not apply to anybody in this room or anybody listening. But the day is the day of salvation, and we've got to know that that day and that hour and that time is on us, folks. We've got to live like that. We've got to look like that. We've got to understand that one more time. God chose a remnant with Gideon, and you know it wasn't it wasn't the crowd. Uh, what what would that be? Uh, Thirty-one thousand seven hundred. Of the crowd went home. There was only a small crew of 300. Again, we've got a crowd versus a crew. I don't know about anybody else in here or listening, but I've made my mind up. If I have to sell everything I have, if I have to, if I have to run so much for God that my legs get arthritis, I'm gonna be a part of the crew. I'm going to watch my back. I'm going to guard my testimony. I'm going to make sure that I have time with God every day. I'm going to make sure that the way I present myself around my family or around my colleagues or out in the public sector, that I'm going to make sure that people know that I love Jesus. They associate me with Jesus more than anything else in my life. I'm going to be part of the crew. And that's what God wants all of us to do. And sometimes, and you know what's so so ironic about this? 32,000 people cried out to God, meaning we need to be saved. We've heard, we've heard they're down there and their camels are even so many they can't be counted, about to annihilate us and take us out. 32,000 people cried out. They needed a Savior, but only 300 people came out. We are professionals at asking God for everything, amen? But we are not professionals. In fact, we're not even amateurs for coming out and saying, God, here I am. I'm empty. You use me. I'm not going to let what you've blessed me with in my life to get in the way of me and you. In fact, sometimes God has to strip us down in order to set us up and that's what he did with Gideon he had to strip him down to a number where it would have to be glory to God and only glory to God today the warriors have to look and you have to have a different attitude the warriors do than all the people that's just signed up enlisted you got to be different. you got to look different to whom much is given, much is required. And we are getting so close to the sound of the trumpet. And, and you know what? I want to just go to a scripture real quick in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 because I want you to see a great parallel here. The Bible says in the 16th verse, this is why, this is why I think a lot of people hit a brick wall what agreement can exist between the temple of God and idols what agreement can exist and I'm reading a different version that's okay I want you to hear it while you read it on the screen what agreement can exist between the temple of God you know who the temple of God is you are what agreement can exist mean be in existence concerning the temple of god and idols money stuff image places materialism what agreement can exist is what paul is posing here between the temple of god and every external thing you can think of for we are the temple of the living god verse 17 As God has said, I will dwell with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. See, if you read it a certain kind of way, it has a different meaning, doesn't it? Therefore, he's talking to the temples, all the temples say I. Okay, we're going to have an altar call because about 98% of y'all are not saved. You want me to give you a mulligan? Okay, I'm going to try it one more time. Not messing around here. All of the temples in here say I. There you go. Therefore, temples come out from among them and be separate says the lord touch no unclean thing and i will receive you and i will be a father to you and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the lord almighty so let me come clean with you right now we got to move on i've always felt in my life That this scripture, these sets of scriptures right here was always referring, and it is, to people and things in the world. But after God dealing with me about this whole story again with Gideon, I can see these same words just echoing in my mind concerning the church of today. And that's what happened with these 9,700 and these 300. The 300 had to come out from among them. They had to be separate. They could not be concerned about their own flesh. You know, their own flesh just wanted to get down there, and I told you, treat it as a spa, as as just a pull-up restaurant. We're just going to take our time. That wasn't the time for that. And so 300 had to come out from among them, and they had to be separate. See, these people were willing to fight. Church, you need to hear this, and you out there need to hear this. 9,700 people were willing to fight, but they were just not ready, and their minds were not where they needed to be, and this is what... I tarry and toil with every day of every week for the past six months. I worry to death about people that are saved, but their mind is not on fighting. Their mind is not on being ready. Their mind is not on going home. Their mind is not on protecting their testimony. They're living again for the 90th thousandth time like this is a bad weather forecast or it's going to go and it's not going to go and it's not going anywhere in 20-something days, folks. They will advertise it or manipulate it a little differently probably, but it's not going anywhere. We are living in the end times before the Lord comes back and he has that trumpet that I'm waiting to hear sound and the dead in Christ are raised and then us, if that be, that are alive and remain, will be called up together in the, and we're going to be forever. Listen, we are close to that. And this is why we've got to come out from among them. And you know, this is why it's just hard for me to preach this part of this sermon because people will take it personally. And, and today, you know, the Lord dealing with me, I don't know if you're not supposed to take it personally. If the shoe fits, I would put it on. In fact, can I I get the other one, the matching one, so I can walk right from now on? And that's this right here, folks. Listen, we're living in a time where the wheat, Jesus said these words because the disciples had some concern about wheat and tares. And this is where it gets rocky for me and any preacher that's willing to preach this. But I'm going to quote Jesus so you can pin it on him. He said, Master, you want us to go in there and clean house? Oh, no, 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 no. I love them all. I love them. I died for all of them. No, I'm going to die for all of them. No. He said, just let them all grow together. Let them all grow together. And then at the time of harvest, because if we bother them right now, we might damage some of the good wheat by trying to address the tares, by telling the tares, listen, You're messing church up, man. Go somewhere where they don't care. He said, no, don't do that. You just let them all grow together. And then at harvest time, the wheat will be separated from the tares, and it's going to be a bad day for the tares. And I'm thinking right now, everybody's welcome to come to church until we don't have space. Everybody is welcome to partake in church you, you hear the same word, it's level playing ground. But I want to tell you, it's time for the people that are going to be warriors, it's time for you to come out from among them. We may still dwell together. I don't have, not, and I thank God because it would mess me up preaching right now. I don't have a single person on my mind when I'm preaching this right now a weed or a tear, and God can judge me right now. I'm not thinking of people. He says, but you need to work while it's day. All of you that are in here, those of you that are listening, you you need to work while it's day. If everybody wants to keep doing this, making excuses, riding the Corona horse like it's a dadgum new Harley Davidson motorcycle, let them ride it. But don't cast judgment on them. Don't get mad at them. You know, you, 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 and I'm going to say it and I'm going to move on. You, church can't be unsafe, but every other cotton-picking place in the county is safe. And you are off so much, and I started to say something else, that you'll post it on Facebook or Instagram or tweet it or snap it or you just tell it. There's no shame in your game on your knees. And I'm telling you, don't worry about people. Don't worry about people that are lying. And they're lying. They're lying. Their own mouth, the Bible says, condemns it. Don't worry. Don't cast judgment. Let everybody grow together. But I'm telling those of you that are here and those of you out there that care and want to, it's time for us to come out from among. Jesus said, you're not any better than them, but you've just got your mind on a different level right now. You understand that you can't leave your back exposed. Does anybody hear me? I need to stop if we're not getting anywhere. Not everybody that says, "Lord, Lord." Shall enter in, Jesus. It's got to be your menu, is what I'm saying. One need, Jesus. He said, "You know, I referred to this to uh, a lot of people, a crowd. Again, crowd followed him. I just just made mention to this. Uh, hey, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood." We can't do this no more. Me and you, we can't do this. Oh, they got so offended. But what Jesus was saying for the second time in the past month, unless I'm your source, unless I'm the one that is sustaining you, this is why, thank you, God, this is why he said, listen, I only want you to take just a lunch bag today and a trumpet. Don't worry about a shield. Don't worry about a spear. Don't worry about a sword. because Jehovah Jireh is my, you know what he is, my provider. He said, I'm going to do all the details. I'm going to take care of this for you. All you need to do is let me be your sustainer. And that's what Jesus was telling that crowd that day. He says, if I can't be your everything, I just can't be a Sunday service for you or just watch me online live or God forbid I miss live and I have to watch it later because I'm doing something else non-COVID related, uh, he said, listen, I'm being honest. If I'm not everything to you, if I'm not the thing that keeps joy in your heart, if I'm not your next breath, if if you're not eating me, drinking me, and and I'm not your strength, your life, your sustainer, your provider, he says, we can't do this. I'm glad he said that because probably everybody would want to leave if I said that. But Jesus said that, and this is why there's always going to be a remnant, there's always going to be a crew versus a crowd, because I just want want more water. Well, the water's not going to do you any good, fighter, if they're is a machete this long sticking between your shoulder blades because you're unprotected and that's what Satan is doing. He's here to kill, steal, destroy for the second time today and he knows when you are unprotected. He knows when Jesus is the last thing on your mind. He knows when you haven't eaten or drank Jesus in a long time. He knows that's why words can fly out of your mouth. That's why you can get fuming mad. That's why your mind can stay on all the carnal things in the world and Satan sees that as a vulnerable person that attends church, but he doesn't see him as a warrior. I'm going to show you what a warrior looks like. He said, When you go and you need to read the whole story later on, he said, This is, a, he, he separated them and he gave them a trumpet, a trumpet, and a vase, a clay vase. He said, This is what I want you to have a clay vase, and inside the vase, I want there to be a candle in there so he had a a trumpet something that worshiped God that gave God all the glory all the honor because remember there's enough people now and only enough people for only God to get glory he said so this is what we are gonna do we are gonna make sure God gets the glory here guys here's a trumpet we got a trumpet and then they got oil well it was really oil that lit a candle inside of a vase And he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take 300 of you, and y'all going to go up there. Then I want the other 300 of you, I want you to go over there. And then me and the other 100, we're going to go right there. And we're going to make a big circle because, see, everybody else was down in the valley. He said, and on my command, this is what you are to do. I want you at that moment, I want you, when I tell you to, I want you to say the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And then we're going to break the clay pots. It's going to confuse them, but it's also going to reveal that light that we've been concealing in the night. And you're going to blow the trumpet. And that's exactly what they did. They were spread out all around the top of that that valley, uh, the top of that mountain there, all the way around. And the Bible says when they did it, that all of the people down in the valley that was about to annihilate them and take them out that they turned on each other because they were confused see when they played the trumpet and they beat the clay pots and they revealed the light of god then god allowed their enemies to be confused and their enemies to be scattered and oh church That is a modern, modern lesson that you can apply in your life right now because this is what happened in the Bible. See, and this is what's got to happen with me and you. Our shout, when they said shout, the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon, that's our word. Our sword is our shout. When we stand on the word of God, heaven and earth will pass away, but not my words. They won't pass away. The light Is what you are. Jesus said, You are salt and you are light. And then also, the trumpet was a sign of worship. And I want to tell you this morning if you don't remember anything else, remember this that's coming out of my mouth right now. Worship always has been a weapon and worship always will be a weapon. I told you he gave them a lamp and a clay pot and he gave them a trumpet, but you can't show me nowhere in that Bible where they took a spear or they had a chariot or or they had some kind of sword or anything else because God was the one fighting their battles. As long as they praise God and they worship God, the worship was going to tear the enemy up. And this is why I told our group this morning 9.15 that praise and worship is critical to the rest of the service because it addresses every kind of chain, every kind of mountain, every kind of door, every kind of affliction. And when you praise the Lord, the walls fall, the enemies turn on each other because you confuse all of hell when you praise God in spite of the storm. Hell gets upset and the demons flee at the name of Jesus. And so when we worship God and when we praise praise God every Sunday morning at 1030. We are, sound like we are praised. It sounds like music and it's been great. Oh, hallelujah, it's been great. But what's really going on in the heavenlies that you can't see and in the spirit world? All kind of doors are being kicked open. All kind of trees are just being plucked and thrown to the side. All kind of waters are being parted when these people worship God and when you worship God and when it's time to hear what thus saith the Lord, all the ground's been broken up, all of hell has been addressed and we can receive the engrafted word of God so that we can go out to hear a whole lot better than we came in and i'm going to tell you this before i pray all the warriors in the house you got to understand this worship makes sense to me do you realize lucifer before he was kicked and thrown out of heaven jesus said i saw him kicked so fast by the father like he was a lightning god didn't waste any time with him But he was the chief musician in heaven. That's why he has so much influence on the entertainment industry. And I'm going to say this, and you're talking about a cold shrill about to come through this church. I'm fixing to let it fly. You ready? If you listen to anything else other than anointed things that glorify God, you are putting poison into your body. Because it's not from above, it's from beneath. I told you, I knew it would get hard and quiet in here quick. You can justify it. You can tell me they sang the national anthem or they know amazing grace by heart. But I'm telling you, if their life and they do not glorify God, if the music you listen to does not glorify God, I don't care what genre it is, if it does not glorify God, it is from beneath because Satan was in charge of all the music in heaven before he was ousted. So he's lord over the whole earth now. But he especially emphasizes: uh, Why do you think all of the entertainment industry is, looks like pure hell, pure evil? If it's if it's got evil written on it, hey, they're endorsing it. If it's sick, they're singing about it. If it if, if it's vile and dirty oh they're making millions of dollars off of it do not put anything in your body in your mind in your ears that not does not glorify god and it makes sense to me that god would counter attack that because he knew that now well satan's not doing it for me in heaven with all the angels now. So he's going to try to do it and get it for himself. So I'm going to have to counter that. So he made worship a powerful weapon on this earth. I love this whether anybody else loves it or not because I could sing till I'm hoarse right now and just worship God. But I want to tell you when you wake up tomorrow, your head is hurting or once again, the weather's constantly changing, you know. But it's COVID, but I mean it's still sinuses and everything else. You need to worship God. You don't realize what you will do. You don't realize what demon you're going to kick right in the mouth when you begin to worship God. Turn your radio, I don't care what you've got programmed into uh, XM or anything else. Delete it remove it change your playlist let your life glorify god and hell will leave you alone a little bit more than it has been it will you can't serve he said you can't serve to master well i went to church but i'm faithful op i pay my time that don't have anything to do with it that has nothing to do with it when, when in malachi 3 and i'm gonna hurry but now you know it's It now Malachi 3.10, we quote it all the time about tithe and about giving. But you need to hear, there's a deep truth in there along with tithe. And it's this question right here. Will a man rob God? Yeah, he will. When he gets in his car in the morning or she gets in her car or truck or whatever and you turn it to something or you flip it on in your house or, hey, Google, play that trash mess again. And Google says, oh, sure, I love playing the trash mess again or Siri, or Alexa, and all that, you know. Uh, I'm just thanking God none of them answering me back right now. Because I'd tell them, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, on an old rugged cross. So church, before I pray right now, you remember this, today, in the morning, uh, tomorrow, next week, and especially when we get in here and that thing is through counting down at zero, zero, zero? Don't treat this like a graveyard ever again, and I'm not saying you have, but you need to realize your worship is a weapon. That's what, and see, I'm going to end on this statement. I love about this story, and there's more I'm not preaching than I have preached today. What I really love about that and the fact that my worship is a weapon is this right here. That God took care of the battle. He didn't even let... You know, Saul wanted to do the same thing with David. Do you all remember that? When he tried to put all the armor on him and load him down and David couldn't even... He couldn't walk. Because see, man's ways are not as high as God. See, man's ways will weigh you down and get you killed and your head on a platter. But see, God stripped him down. You don't need that stuff. I'm going to give you the battle. And so he got a hold of that one rock that David put in there. The Holy Ghost hit that rock, and it hit that joker right between the eyes and dropped him like a rock. And that's what God's waiting on in your life. You don't need more money. You don't need a better job. You don't don't need a door open. What you need is to use the weapon God's put inside of you and it's called worship worship God in spirit hallelujah you worship God in truth hallelujah you worship when you have money hallelujah you worship when you are about to puke and you got a 104 degree temperature you worship God you get a pink notice they're going to foreclose on you you worship God when the devil tells you that you're not going to heaven you don't belong to God you worship God when he tells you that they're going to let you go from your job you worship God when your spouse says I don't think I want to do this anymore you worship God when you feel like your children are at it with you all the time you worship God when you feel like you don't have another life left in you and you're about to die you worship God because your worship is a weapon and it always has been and it always will be you worship God and you watch out You won't have to pick up a sword, a spear, a shield or anything else. God will just say, oh, no, you just keep that horn going and you keep that light shining. Hallelujah. And I'll take care of them down there in the valley. I'll let your enemies turn on each other. I'll destroy. You won't even have to fight for the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. See, we've shut up. And I think it's ironic, no pun intended, but I wonder if... if, if, We've been so fearful and I just need to say, I need to give you a disclaimer here because, you know, you'll get, you'll get carnal quick if you're not careful. I went somewhere yesterday wearing a mask. I'll probably be somewhere tomorrow where I'll be wearing a mask. If I get close to people or I know I got to get in a cluster, I'm wearing a mask. Whether it works or not, I'm just wearing one. I call it my earrings. I don't want to stand out in the crowd, so I just wear my mask. But I'm telling you this, I believe, I believe that on a spiritual note, Satan has insinuated or tried to make the church even more hushed by masking us. Because we're scared to breathe and it's awkward, and everybody knows. I don't care if you got a, I don't care if you got a mask made out of silk. It's still inconvenient. It's hard to breathe. And if you got glasses, you know, you'll wreck if you wear a mask because you'll fog up and you'll hit a light pole. Seriously. You'll come close to it just saying. Anyway. And I believe Satan says, you know what? If I can just get them to a place where... I know that if they don't do something that the rocks will cry out. But I think I can at least... Keep them loaded down. With, if, if I could just mask them up spiritually speaking. So I'm telling you, mask or whatever you got to do. Take you a deep breath and you need to roar for God until Jesus comes back with all you have. And then when you're in a place where you don't have to have a mask on, you need to roar even louder for the Lord because your worship is a weapon. And I believe today, I believe everybody in this room, I just believe that you really want to be a warrior. I, I don't think you want to spend October the 12th or the rest of the 11th with your back exposed if it's exposed. But it's a lot of work, and you've got to be willing to kill your flesh because your flesh just wants to get down in there and roll in it, you know, because it's refreshing. It feels good. But I, I believe we've got warriors in here today. And I want to pray for the warrior. So would you close your eyes, Father? I thank you so much that I don't have to fight my battles. That I can just praise you. Paul and Silas, Lord, midnight hour. They begin to praise you, Lord. Just when they began to sing and praise you, the doors were open. There was an earthquake and their chains fail everybody's chain, all because of praise no keys no hacksaws no grinders just praise lord we need that today lord we need some chains off of us we need some mountains moved we need some doors open lord we need some direction we need some favor in our life so god help us to realize our worship is our weapon And Father, everything you do, I'm going to worship you anyway because you're worthy of the praise. And Jesus, I love you. And God's people said amen. Give God a hand clap of praise this morning. I pray that worshipers fight through praise for the rest of their life, Lord. And you'll handle every battle, Lord, big or small. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because you are my strength And my redeemer And if you gave your heart to Jesus this morning Text the word SAVED right now To 910-400-1199 910-400-1199 Or if you're on a computer or tablet Just go to multitudeschurch.com saved And we will get some stuff to you quickly We pray for you this week And Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. is when registration opens. We want you to be with us if you can. God bless you.